This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 596. And the quote of the day is, if you don't love it, I guarantee you'll never be world-class at it. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What is going on, everybody? Episode 596, and I am recording this right now in New Jersey. Just flew across the country, and it's pretty wild. First time on a plane since I flew to Miami for the Super Bowl, so it's been a while. And going from flying every couple weeks to not flying in almost a year, it's definitely surreal. And uh, I miss being on. I miss being on plane. So hopefully, we're going to return back to normal here soon. And and can start flying regularly again. Anyway, I got my man Cliff Peewee Jackson on here. And first of all, thank you, George Slepic, for connecting us. And it's so amazing how this podcast has connected me with so many different people. Like even Stephen Wolf connected me to, to George Slepic to connected me with Peewee. So it's cool how this whole thing happens. And and I feel so fortunate to be able to have these conversations with people who I probably may not have ever met in my life. And and I've, I've known about Pee Wee for a while, just haven't been connected to him. So I'm glad that we did that. And this conversation is amazing. We really talk about how you have to love this craft and ways of developing your craft from a position of loving it and and also not thinking about it as this really like tactical thing and thinking more about music and emotion and and you know being self-reflective in your playing and and finding your true inner self and your inner voice and all of those things that I think that we look over a lot as drummers and we don't pay attention to those things or it may be that we don't know how to pay attention to those things. So we talk a lot about that in this conversation and a lot of other things. So uh, I'm really pumped about this episode. I know you're going to get a lot out of it and I'm not going to waste any more time. Let's get into it with my man, Pee Wee Jackson. Pee Wee, what's going on, my man? What's going on, Saint Nick? Saint Nick. It's about. Uh, I'm busy. It's a busy time of year for Saint Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so I got right after this. I gotta go back to you know making some toys. Flying <laughs> uh, What's that? Flying all over the place. Yeah, yeah. It's a busy. It's a busy. Uh, it's a busy time of year for me. Um, <laughs> So I think, you know, I guess the first question, I'm always intrigued on how people get their nicknames. So why do they call you Pee Wee? So let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Two questions. One, when someone first meets you, if they know that everyone calls you Pee Wee, would you rather them call you Pee Wee or would you rather them call you Cliff? And then once they get to know you, then they can call you Pee Wee. I don't care, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I like, always feel weird, like when someone's like, "Oh, this is this is you know John," but everyone calls him Mutt. You should just email him, and I'm like, "Okay, so am I gonna be? If am I gonna email him and say what's up, Mutt?" It's like, dude, you don't even know me. The, you know? Right. Like, like call me Nick. Don't know my real name is Cliff. I have right. friends that no matter of fact, man, I got last year maybe four checks. And I got to the bank and the ladies, 
She's like, really? And I'm like, what are you talking about? I just signed a match. She's like, sir, your mom put Pee Wee on the birth certificate. I'm, like, I'm so sorry. I was like, dude, I called the guy. Did you put Pee Wee on a check? He's like, I didn't know. I, thought, I didn't think this happened numerous times. And um, oh man, it's it's funny that we have more people. When you say Cliff, more people. Who's that? Who's right. that? I say it, but um, so most these. All the person that calls me Cliff, man, is probably my mom. When <laughs> my, you're in trouble. My, right, right. <laughs> my, 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 this is about it. But, uh, man, that's Marcus Finney gave me that nickname. In high school. Oh, really? Same high school. Marching band. I march six, the last bass drum out of six. And, um, and everybody else was on the drum line was – I think three out of those were starting players for the basketball team. So everybody was like six, three, and, a, and above. One guy was like six, eight. <laughs> like right. played second. So it went do, 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 do. And I was like five, five in ninth grade or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marcus Spence, like, man, look at that dude, Pee Wee at the end right there. <laughs> and it just stuck from there, man. And it kind of. It's weird, man, when you have an identity that, like, all of a sudden people start attaching to this right around the same time that I started to, you know, practice a whole lot. And I didn't, mm. you know, I started taking it seriously. And Pee Wee, the drummer Pee Wee, and it's, it's weird. It's, it's like it's a, a alter ego to me, honestly. At this I was going to ask, does it feel, is it like an alter ego a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is. Because uh, when I come home, my kids don't care anything about drums my wife doesn't want to hear anything about the tour <laughs> right i get it <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it's i think i think uh when when your wife and your girlfriend uh you know if if they're like they're i don't want to say not impressed but like they're not <laughs> they keep you grounded you know what i mean and yes. it's like you come out you're like oh man i was just hanging out with so and they're like that's great you gotta take out the trash and you're like all right i'm grounded I'm grounded again. For me, I never like much as possible. I always this is like to try to keep ego in check. I'm just very aware that you know, in playing and just interacting with people to you know, like keep that in check much as possible. And so, for family, for them, like not to the world, I wouldn't like. Oh, look what I did! But to the people you probably care about, you want you want you want to you know. Hey baby, check this. That's pretty cool. This is why I've been in the practice room for six hours. Pay it off, see? So, yeah, so, yeah. And when they just like, so it <laughs> <laughs> brings you back down. It's like, yeah, I guess this is drums, you know? Yeah, that's all. It's not that crucial. Yeah, that's a big lesson, man. The more than that, with this uh, social climate right now of everything shut down, it's just music and drums. Get yep. get stuff out of it that's what i'm working on these days yeah so, i mean so growing up in memphis like doesn't that keep you grounded just with like the musicians in in the area and understanding like what you know understanding one the caliber of musicians and two like all right you want to be all if you want to have this ego and everything like we'll just there's plenty of people who are a lot better than you that are a lot nicer I, I try to preach that much as possible. <laughs> yeah. because it's a lot of people that 
don't get it, man. And I like I see it so much, and I I I'm always I, I feel like a broken record. And the older I get, I feel like that guy that's always trying to tell the young kids, "Hey, man, it ain't about these licks. It's more to this thing we call music. It's more to what we're doing here." And mm-hmm. it's yeah, it does no good to be the the baddest drummer in the world when nobody wants to hang out with you on set break. Yeah. <laughs> You know, or you like, you know, you're you're only cool on YouTube and you look the part, but really you haven't done anything. You haven't gained it. You can't fake your way through this. It's, right. it's real life. <laughs> and if you're serious about this, this thing called drums trans transfers is it's a great teacher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it all the time. Yeah. It's not got the gig man the, yep. the, there's no end point there's no no uh bpm that you'll ever get to <laughs> that you're gonna be satisfied with right so, you don't graduate one day right you can watch <laughs> tony wins clips you're not gonna get that right right pattern <laughs> <laughs> you're not gonna get exactly. it so if that's what you're striving for just, just go to fedex or something and get a job because this ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a lot of frustrating and sad days. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah. but you started you started relatively late or later comparatively. Like I know that you yeah. you and I talked the other day, uh, you know, off air and and you grew up in the church and a lot of guys I knew that grew up in church are like, Oh yeah, I started playing when I was two or three. But that wasn't that wasn't you. Yeah, man, Mrs. Rambles, the piano was there. That was it. Mm-hmm. And then I came from uh, high schools, like marching band, orchestral stuff. And, you know, when I wanted to do the drum set thing, like Marcus Finney, once again, I was like, oh, I can do this. Like something, I felt like I got the cheat code. I, like I followed him around everywhere he went, recorded everything. Right. And practice. And, like, it literally... Like just woke me up out of my seat. It's like, oh, I, it's like Rain Man, you know, like when you see, <laughs> and it was like one day from, I guess, from not being denied that I, you know, I could play this, give me a drum set. And uh, so I was always like having a, I could do this, trust me, trust me, just give me a chance. Oh, so, that you were saying they wouldn't let you play. Yeah, man. I, I, so much of that, that time, I was like, man, just, I can just, just, no, just do what, just, you stay over there, leave us. And so that time of um, that period, it was like just watching, watching, studying, and making makeshift drum sets on pillows. And mm-hmm. I believe all that one day, it just clicked to where everything I was seeing, it was like, oh, okay, this flam, that's this. Like I was just able to decipher, okay, he's doing that, he's doing that. To this day, man, I can watch YouTube clips on mute and tell you what the drummer's playing and know it, know what it's sounding like are you serious absolutely what yeah I, actually i watched a lot i still watch youtube on mute for a lot of my favorite drummers why just so you can to to work on that muscle of like of the, figuring uh, out? because it's 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 uh, it sounds weird but it's it's almost it's it's art to me in in the physical sense just as much as the auditory sense gotcha play of um with beautiful i got 
Thomas, we talked, I love watching Thomas Bridge and his technique when you really watch more. When you watch Jeff Hamilton with brush, you don't need to set like just the motion. Yeah, it's like a ballet. It's like a ballet. It's beautiful to watch to me. It's, yeah. it's like, I don't, look at that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, putting this, you know, it was, it's all connected, you know, mm-hmm. the sound and the motion. You, you know that, like, you can play a groove, but how you're moving and yeah, and dances a different way. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, it. sometimes, like, from a, from a relaxation standpoint, like, if sometimes instead of meditating, like I meditate a lot, but sometimes yeah. I'll just sit in front of a pad and play paradiddles at like 40 beats a minute. Beats? Right. Yeah. And just like not, and I'm not even doing it really. I'm not even doing it to practice or anything, but it's just that, just that movement and just like hearing all those notes and everything. I just, it relaxes me and it puts me in this like calm. State. Yes. This is exactly what, that's where my beginnings were on the pillow when I was I would just sit there on a double struck row and just play quiet as possible. Just yep. like just and it was just uh I'm just zoning out with it, you know, like um mm-hmm. like it says it's meditative. It's always been that for me. It's yeah. always it's uh, never been um it's always just did something different for me than like the play for other drummers <laughs> or yeah. uh, you know, the cool guy to attention like that's cool but it's it's a joy to me that like i i want to share it with everybody because it's so deep it's so there have been times i've been just sitting in my room crying <laughs> not that it just sounds so great but it's just something coming, yeah you know? it's emotion All, man it's this visceral yeah. reaction that we have to music yes yes and it's god it's I just want, I wish I just, oh man, when I see somebody playing or a lot of people struggling, um, so, so many people, man, what do you do? How you do? It's like, man, just be at peace with yourself, like just with everything you play and yeah. everything. Else, you well, let's, gotta- let's talk about that because a lot of, I, a lot of times, I mean, every, myself included, like we, we look at the drums as this like utilitarian thing where it's like, right left right right or you know or or it's like a combination of patterns and it's mathematical and and it's very it's like i I guess that's the best way i can describe it is like utilitarian right but then there's that other level of of this this ballet that we're talking about this meditative state this this just like total emotional experience that's associated with creating music and how do you get from like, like I think of it, like you have the X's and O's that are on a board for a football team, but then when you see it play out on the field and it's like, it looks like poetry emotion, how do you get from the X's and O's or the rights and lefts of a book to poetry emotion behind the kit? Like that's a, that's a big gap, I think. Yeah. I always approached it as knowing that there is, um, that dualistic side of it, what we do, because of the nature of the instrument, it's, it's, it, it, we're not blowing into anything. It is a physical instrument. So for me, I've, I've always approached it like very militant when it came to practicing mm-hmm. certain exercises. Like I, I did approach it like the athlete would approach just going to work out in the gym. Right. And then that there would be a game too. And, and, 
that was always the end part. But for me, the emotion part, the practicing and just the technique of that, I took all emotion out of it. Like I that that aspect of it, I don't care how I feel when it comes to that. It just has to get done. It's mm, like that's uh, interesting. You gotta I know it has to get done and there's no end game to it. You don't brush your teeth and say, uh, you know, like, hey, they're really getting white today. Right, like, right. I'm teeth. good. I'm fi- I've finally done it. I brushed my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow. You know, so there uh, like there there are certain exercises that I do keeping your hands and stuff in shape that mm-hmm. it's just no emotion. It's just like and I don't care how I don't feel like doing a lot of times. I don't wait for the that that part of to come into it. I leave that for the the gig, mm-hmm. you know. That that's how I bridge the gap, and I bridge the gap between that X's and O's, the game time with life in the middle of not wow. taking it seriously and having some kind of balance. So there's like the the shed, <laughs> real life, and time between then the gig or the music, right? I, there's a couple of things here that I want to that I want to point out and and unpack a little bit. One, I think it's super important that you said, yeah, there's some days that I don't feel like doing this, and I do it anyway because it's got to be done. Like I think that people look at people like a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan or something like that, and it's like, do you think they wanted to go to the gym every single day and shoot five thousand shots? No, <laughs> hell no. And the, I don't think enough people say that because we get in the age of especially now we just get the highlight reels and we have this um i think some of some of those people have followed this to not keeping it real they want the pats on the back i'm so great it's like no uh, this part of it sucks if this is if you want to do this this is the reality of yeah this travel of the gigs you do this is the airports this is the breaking down of the gig and throwing it in the truck and this is the, you know, having your cellars crack and having to replace them, spend money that you didn't have. And right. this is the other side of things that, you know, and so I think we look at sometimes like just the end product. Mm-hmm. Like that. And the yeah, one, highlight reel, man. Sound like Benny. And it's like everybody does. But like nobody wants to see Benny in the practice. Nobody never asks that. Right. <laughs> exactly. Know, everybody's like, Benny, how do you practice uh, your times? Play with a metronome. Nobody yeah. wants to do that. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. I know that. But what I, else? What else can I do? There is nothing else. Yeah, what's the easier way? I don't know. I don't want to do that. What's the easier way yeah, that yeah, I could do right. it? <laughs> I don't feel like doing it. I don't have I don't have that much time, man. I don't have 10 years. Like I need to do this. I need to do this tomorrow, you know. And even then with time. Like, like I have now, you know, uh, kids now, and like, mm-hmm. you know, life things change, and you don't, you're not 18 anymore, and like, you have less time. It's like, okay, now I have to, re- more than ever, I'm realizing, like, okay, now even it's always getting refined. It's always getting refined. Everything is always getting more and more. Okay, now I don't have eight hours a day with five minutes. If I can, if I can't do anything in five minutes, what's, what can I do every day for five minutes then? There's no excuse for that. Right. <laughs> exactly. What ways can I do that? That's, if you don't have five minutes, you need to lighten up your schedule a little bit. That's effective though. That no matter, like we said, no matter how you're feeling, this is what I do five minutes every day at least do this. Yep. And, uh, 
for me, that's like singles. But and again, I try not to keep it too um crazy because mm-hmm. I I will go down. I'm I'm a classic overthinker, like you know most people these days. Uh, I'll get into a single stroke roll. I mean, well, how fast? What's the BPM of this? What's the, like you know start googling? Like just nothing gets done then. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hold on. Let me hold on. I'm gonna practice. Hold on. Let me take a picture of my drum set first. Let me post that on Instagram, and then let me set it up first. Yeah, like most, like the uh, as you see in the back. Well, I'm gotta get tonight. I had to get, but I try to like when you're playing some of as you probably know. Like the aspect of a work musician, I never took into account was how much your gear stays on a bus or in a trailer or in cases. Yeah. Like there was once, you know, I started really working on a road, like, no, it's like, hold on, man. Like I haven't just been able to sit down at my house at a kid that's, that feels like home and forever. And I'm like, this is so important, man. I think their environment, mm-hmm. the way I can to, whether it be light of incense, uh, I got a bell. And my, I can't find it. This little meditative bell, and it's it just rings at, uh, you know, just it's like a little Tibetan bowl. Yeah. yeah. Get a practice. I come in and I was like, all right, I'm about to give me an hour. I hit that bell as soon as I walk through the door to kind of boom snap me and um some kind of I think it's important to have some kind of ritual. Mm-hmm. It sets the tone for you know what I'm about to do, right. and it's that that's coming with time of like I'm like okay I need something. What else? What other tool can I use that makes this effective as possible? As regimen is about that I don't have to think about. Okay, hit the bell, boom. My brain kind of goes there now, just right. like just the equivalent of a count the song off. What two, three? Every drum you just gonna yeah. play. You don't know what the song is. <laughs> But when you hear one, two, I want the same thing when I walk through the door. Right. This is, and I want that environment is um, conducive to relax that meditative state like that. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that place we're all chasing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Love with this thing. Yeah. There's so, man, there's so many important things that you said there. One, uh, going back to like, okay, you can't wait for the motivation to practice, like, because you're not going to have it every day. You got to like, you got to fight through that. Two, if, if you can't practice for an hour, practice for five minutes effectively. Right. And, but on the flip side, if you have three hours and you're like, make sure you're practicing for three hours, not spending two hours and 45 minutes, like fooling around on Instagram and taking videos of yourself and all that stuff and not really practicing. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time doing that. <laughs> uh, dude, I look back on like Facebook posts from me from like whatever, like 12 years ago or something. And it's like pictures of me in the studio. Right. And I'm like, I should be practicing and I'm not, I'm taking pictures of my drums. You know? Your drums for 20 minutes. And then, <laughs> And I'm like stand up on the thing. And I had like my call. I know, I know this one picture specifically. I had like my notebook and my coffee. Right. And like my, my metronome and everything. I'm like, Oh, I got to take a picture of this. I like take a picture of it and put it up online. So like everybody knows I'm practicing. I'm not doing shit. I'm taking pictures. Yeah. You know? Bullshit, man. <laughs> shit. 
That's man, I'm so yeah, I know, right? Dude, I used to I used to like I it's like, oh man, I spent three hours in I spent three hours in the shed last night. It's like you spent three hours in the photography booth. <laughs> and it's just, dude, I used to leave. I used to leave out like my music stand at my house with the like with Steve <laughs> like, like, <laughs> dude, one day I was walking by and I was like, look at this bullshit. I ain't read this book in, in five years. Who the fuck? <laughs> So I just ended up breaking the step, just threw it in my hardware bag. <laughs> yeah, I'm not fooled anyone. Dude, it was so, dude, that, that happened, by the way, like six months ago. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. You know, I I read um I read uh, a buddy of mine is a uh, is a fitness uh, instructor, and he was making so he put a post up about like getting in shape, and he was like, if you're having trouble getting in shape, like take out a lot of the complexity of it. Like don't you don't have to have like the latest and greatest workout or whatever. He's like, work out for set a timer for ten minutes and do something. You can do push ups. You could I don't do wall squats. He's like do jumping jack. It doesn't matter. Like set a timer and just do it. And I feel like the same way about practicing where we're like, I got to make sure my drums are set up the right way. I got to, what am I going to practice? How long am I going to practice that? What exercise am I going to work on? What book am I going to work on? Like, do I have this pick? Like, is the lighting right? Is this, is that? Yeah. It's like, just sit down and practice for 10 minutes. Yeah, and that's simple. And, and it's like, okay, what, what should I practice? It's like, it doesn't matter. Okay. And so practice yeah. something. And I tell people, okay, so what's one thing you know that you're going to always need? You're going to always need to be able to at least have a good sense of time. Well, I was going to play, I was going to say, say inverted paradiddles with your feet. <laughs> yeah, or, or uh, for instance, like the lighting here today, that was, I, I was about to go there. And it's like, oh, man, I got this light right. And I was like, turn the lamp on. I was like, dude, I'm here. When you might even get to see it anyway. <laughs> But it's yep. like a thought process. I'm like, oh, I'm almost fell bit into it again. Just yeah. do this. This keep. What this, were you gonna say though? Because I cut you off. You were talking about what's one thing that you know you're gonna need. Oh, uh, 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 time and just like a, a like a. What's the one thing? I always ask myself, what's what's the 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 loudest voice in my head? We all we all have like a list of uh, things that. And our playing that we know need attention, and it's like that we're just uncomfortable with that it just won't go away. Uh, and it's like it's, it's a hairy monster in the closet. And it's like okay, I get to that in a minute. I get to it. It might be brushes. It's like man, I did that last gig. I did a brushes. Ew, yeah, I got through it, but I know that sucked. You know, like right. <laughs> I need to spend some time with brushes. What's that? Or if it's your your foot, what? Or if your your timing. It's like, and for me personally, it was, um, it was uh, having the click disappear for like longer, like for standing, like tick, 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 and coming back in, just keeping straight beat. Right, like a drop click or something. Yeah, just drop click. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, man, what is it? Was it was something that just kept going on in my head for forever? It's like, man, something is telling me. It, it, like I know, that I want to be able to play. If the click track goes out on the gig, have the inner confidence that I know my time. I, that is solid for five minutes. Right. And not that it has to be direct with a click, but for me, I need that inner confidence. Something's calling me to, hey man, we yeah. need to 
get down and be and dude, when I first did it, it was like, oh man, after four bars, I'm kind of coming in a little late there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I eventually, okay, now I'm doing a minute. Now I'm doing two minutes. Now I'm doing three. And I had that marker of uh, progress, which keeps the brain motivated. That's how you stay motivated. We see yeah. that. Okay, I got two two minutes. I can keep time. I know that. Yep. I put that work. It's like that's something that fulfills me that nobody can take away from you, man. You you brought up Benny Greb. Um, he I remember him specifically saying on the podcast that if uh, he said if you Perfect. continuously show yourself progress, the need for motivation is is unnecessary like you won't need motivation because that'll be motivation enough if you continuously show yourself progress he said it a lot better than i just said it but yeah um, yeah and he was and we you know i wanted to bring this up before like he admittedly was like man i was a really slow learner like this stuff did not i think everyone thinks that like benny greb just sits down and like the the it just comes to him Right. Yeah. And he was like, man, I, I progressed a lot slower than people. I didn't really know how to practice. I didn't know what to practice. Like, I didn't feel like there were times where like, I just never felt like I was getting better. And, yeah. and he was like, I had to develop this stuff, man. This wasn't yeah. like, you know, yeah. it didn't just like come down and fall on my lap. And all of a sudden, right. he's, you know, I'm Benny Greb. Yeah. But, and it's, I, I, I connect with that so much that, uh, that, yeah, that I think some people think that you, a lot of times it's people that hire you also, they think they don't have necessary appreciation. Oh, it's the drums. Anybody can play drums. Oh, it's, you know, it's easy. Right. Right? The, <laughs> other, the other thing I think that is disrespectful is like when someone looks at you and you're like, they're like, oh, you're so talented. And I'm like, no, talent is natural, right? <laughs> no, you have skill. Yeah, that's, right. that's a big difference. Like, I think that saying someone saying to someone, "Oh, you're so talented," is almost like diminishing all the work that they had to put in to get there. Where it's like, "Oh, you just oh, this just happened to you." It's like, what do you? Yeah, and it's also saying you don't get it as hard as I do. I have to work for this. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like you're lucky you got it easy. And like, yeah, uh, my, my dad would say, "Hey, talent, if you're if you're." Uh, you don't have to work for talent. It's like, you know, if you're not skilled, your talent will fail you. 100%. <laughs> At some point. Yeah. Um, 100%. Dude, I always had this. You ever seen um, that Arnold Schwarzenegger um, documentary? Yeah. What's, what's it, it's called? Was it Pumping Iron? Pumping Iron. Yeah, Pumping yeah. Iron. Dude, I, that, that did something. I think I watched it maybe in seventh grade or something like that. And, dude, it changed. It did something for me. You remember that point where he was uh, going against the guy that was in the basement, mm -hmm. and uh, and you know Arnold was in the gym with all the girls, and this guy was like, was just in the basement, yep, and grinding. He didn't have the nice equipment. Nobody, you know, he's kind of underdog. And um, I, I found out. I read Arnold Schwarzenegger's biography and found out uh, after watching that movie that he created that character. Like it was, it was all like it was all. Uh manifested in his head yes yeah and I, that did something to me early on in my plan that i created this mystery drummer <laughs> that was always working harder than me yeah <laughs> and so anytime i be at a party do you like, have it like do you have it where like the it has the guy has a girl has a name and like you, like is it that have you gone that I, far with it it's always i just I always had this image of some no-name guy in the, in the shed 
just at it. And, and while I'm like partying, my friends are like just get ready, come eat your breakfast. Like, yeah. yeah, man. And so dude, I like dude when I finally got a drum set, I took out everything in my room. I, I took out my dresser, I took out my bed. I said, Mom, can I please just have a futon? I want to be able to just roll out of my futon onto the drum set. <laughs> and like that's it. literally what I did. My drum throne was the, the headboard, essentially. So I'll literally sleep on a drum, and I wake up, I'm just, just right there. That was like literally days my mom would just feed me under the door. Like she was just like, <laughs> and, and I had a picture. That's amazing. That, that's why I gravitated to Kobe early on, like always. I'm sure you've seen Kobe Bryant's Muse. Yes, yes. Dude, that that documentary, like that, you were talking about the pumping iron thing. Kobe Bryant's Muse flipped the switch in my head and was like, and I grew up with knowing about him because he was he lived around the same area. That's so cool, man. And like, I, I mean, I, I watched it. And I was like, that's why he's you know he's the greatest you know i mean i don't know if he's greater than michael jordan but we're not going to get into that debate but like but watching him and you're like holy shit like this guy is not this he's not he's not uh he's not kobe bryant because he's great like he's great and became kobe bryant you know what i mean yeah uh like everybody talks about this is what i always loved about kobe i love jordan too but Kobe always did something to me different because one, his dad played. Mm -hmm. So to me, for somebody that grew up, probably he didn't he didn't have to work that hard. So many people that could have just rode on their dad or yeah, yeah. And the go that it that just says something about somebody's character. You know, you know, mm -hmm. how, how many people would be drumming like if Ringo, you know, Ringo's my dad, you're gonna be practicing eight hours a day, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Or, you know, like, it's so easy to just coast off, you know, uh, off something like that. My dad yeah. played in the NBA. You know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It just said something about his character to me. Mm -hmm. it's really like, his, just as a person, he, he, he was bigger than basketball. You, yeah. know, like, you know, like, he just, a, more than Jordan. You know, Jordan's like, he sold the shoes. And I get it. But everybody says, like, he was an asshole. He was an asshole. Like, that's what every, like, you know what I mean? Like, so many people that were like, man, he was hard to, and I get it that that was a certain yeah. you know, way Jordan, and, that, and it obviously worked, but. A very good friend of mine, his dad was a GM for a bunch of different basketball teams. And when he was a kid, he, he like, he, my buddy, like, grew up in the NBA, right? And right. he was a ball boy and all that kind of stuff. And he was like, Michael Jordan, every time I came in contact with him, was an asshole. He's like every, and he was like, and I was a kid. <laughs> See that? You know? And he was like, and he was a jerk to me. And that to me, that it's no amount of money or or or, or uh, was status that can make me um, go against my values on treating people like they're humans first. I I agree, man. And it's no gig. It's not. It's nothing. I it's I can't shake that. It's like there's more important to me to be a a good person and treat people well than to be a good player. Yeah, from <laughs> from from the janitor to the CEO, man, I treat everybody yeah. the same. You know? yeah. and it's like, I and a lot of times, like if I'm if I'm gonna work with someone or I'm gonna hire them for my company, I'll bring them out to lunch and see how they treat the server. Ah, nice trick. And I'm like, the way that you you know, if you treat a server poorly, then then you're you're not a good person. 
heard about that. You seen that clip of Charles Barkley talking about Jordan getting mad when um, they were out at Thick Hooters and Charles Barkley yeah. tipped the server a hundred bucks and Jordan Michael Jordan got mad and like took it back or something. Like, don't give him shit. Really? Yes. <laughs> it's the clip of Charles Barkley sitting there. Michael Jordan's the cheapest person. Like, yeah, he tells that story of Jordan saying, don't give him shit, let him work for it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. When we're off air, because I'm sure people don't want to hear about I'll tell you a funny story about Charles Barkley. It's not like it's I love just, Charles Barkley, by it's the not way. like a uh it's not like a yeah. thing that I don't want to put out in public. It's just like yeah. the people are like it's just it's just a funny story that's right. irrelevant to the conversation. So these um, people. What's that? I said this is just this is just a funny story, people. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not like, oh no, I don't want people to hear it or whatever, but it's just a funny story. Great news from Evans Drumheads. Now you can turn your drumheads into a work of art with their custom drumheads. All you have to do is upload your design and they print it using high quality photo resolution images directly onto the drumhead. And they're available in sizes everywhere from 16 to 26. And let me tell you, these things look amazing. They sent me a bass drum head with the drummer's resource logo on it. I was blown away. It looks so cool. And the best part is you can save 20% by using the promo code drummer20, drummer, and then the numbers two zero. So if you go to evansdrumheads.com, use the promo code drummer20, you can not only save 20%, but you can also get yourself some amazing looking heads. The offer only runs until December 31st. So make sure you do it today. Go to evansdrumheads.com, use the promo code drummer20. If you're looking for a top-of-the-line snare, then look no farther than the Mapex Black Panther Design Lab series. These are designed to combine sound concepts to create unique and personal instruments for the demanding player. They come in three unique variations, and they all have their own unique sound quality to them. You have the Heartbreaker, which is dark and rustic and throaty. You have the Cherry Bomb, which is vintage, controlled, and precise. And then you have the Equinox, which will give you that classic, bright, articulate sound. To learn more about the Mapex Black Panther Design Lab series, go to mapexdrums.com. Going back to the to the the hard work, the the preparation, the dedication to the craft. I uh, there's a couple there's a couple of things that I want to talk about when you were saying about what you're doing in the practice room and I think and some people agree with me, some people don't. I think there's a difference between time and feel. And I think that developing time, you have to be a little bit more mechanical about it with a metronome and all of that. And then developing feel is sort of how you're taking the mechanical tempo and then manipulating it. And that's how you develop your feel. That's my opinion. I want to hear yours. Um, What have you done and what can you suggest for others to one, work on their time and then two, work on their feel and and you know, really play musically instead of sounding like this staccato robot that's just m- moving up and down. Man, I'm always trying to refine it. I'm not like I don't claim to be the best uh, timekeeper or uh, had a. What are you talking about? You sent me that email and you were like, "I'm the best timekeeper." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't want that to get out. That's oh, I'll cut. I'll cut that out of this. <laughs> I am the best. <laughs> <laughs> Take that. No, um, man. I always, I always wore a lot of hats. I guess locally, like mm. I never uh, 
had it styled at like um that you know to be a you know some guys are jazz guys just, and some guys are rock guys some guys just the church guys some guys are just metal and for me i always was attracted to like benny because of his he was a chameleon and that's always attracted me i want to be able to wear any hat authentically just but just so it was always a challenge of like just digging into whatever I just kind of like the effortlessness of what let the gate dictate what I'm going to practice and get my feel. So that's a long way of saying the feel for me was always depicted by whatever the style was and whoever the best feel. Who 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 did they say the best guy for feel? Okay, if it's Dennis Chambers for this fusion, okay, that's what I'm gonna watch for that. Gotcha. And then if it's um, Brian Blade, this guy has the best feel for okay. That's who he listens to this. And that's where I got the feel from listening because I think the feel is so, um, you have to feel it. You can't mm -hmm. fake it. And so it's going to come out. And so there's, I definitely hear a lot of players that sound like they gravitate to a certain sound and feel more than others. And I think you should embrace it wholeheartedly and be okay with it. If, if you dig um, R&B drumming or smooth jazz, and it's really embrace that and don't try to get don't fall to the trappings of what we all have done is like oh man you see mark juliana play i'm like oh shit, i need that i need some of that then i'll see like <laughs> you know right. I'll see, uh you know ronald bruner play and i'm like oh man i really gotta work on that i need some of that and then i'm all over the place and i'm like no nah, man you gotta be comfortable who you are how do you yeah. some guys are the hip-hop feel guys I'm like man that's like you from Philly, mm -hmm. you know, like Questlove, like that feel that is in his blood. You can tell yep. that he listens to that when if without the drums. Yeah, and I think that's where a feel really comes from. Is like your musical. Uh, I think it's imprinted early on to whatever music you probably grew up listening to. Right, it's gonna be in your your blood. It's it's so interesting that you're saying that because as you're saying this, I'm thinking in my head like. There's so many times where, and I'm sure this happens to other people, and, and I, I'd love to like hear your thoughts on this because I think it's important, where we listen to something, like say we listen to Steve Jordan, right? And we're like, man, I really love Steve's feel. I want to be able to play like that. you know, like, But then we don't listen to music that Steve played on or the things that influenced him, right? So we're like, so I love... I love, you know, I love Steve Jordan's feel. And it's like, oh, well, what do you listen to? And it's like, well, I listen to hip hop and I listen to Dave Matthews band and I listen to this. And you're like, well, you're not going to get it from that. Like we're, we're, we're trying to achieve and try to sound sort of one way, but we're ingesting stuff that doesn't sound like that. And how are we supposed to learn that? I you know what I think, Nick. I think it's like I want to learn Italian, but I'm going to go to Paris and hang out for a month. I'm not. I'm not sure that that person is even. That's they're they're not really say, I, saying what they truly want. I I think when I hear that question, like I want to sound like Steve, but they don't listen to it. That's okay. You don't have to. Obviously, you're not gravitating toward it. So what are you really saying? And so when I hear somebody say that, I I now hear it as I want to feel as comfortable in my skin as Steve does and he is. Oh. Like, say they want Italian 
if it's like you don't cook it, I think people say, I just really what they're saying is, I want my food to taste this damn good. And somebody is authentically putting their love into it like that. That's it's no my head, my head just exploded. (laughs) We're done. Dude, that is like I, I that's something that I've never even thought about. To, why do people love Steve Jordan so much? Maybe not because of what he's playing, but because of how much he believes in what he's playing and how comfortable he feels playing it. That's attractive within itself. That draws people in because people, as males, we have this, um, and as drummers, our, for for us on a bandstand, we're supposed to be the most confident person on the bandstand and as you know a lot of times everybody else is more secure insecure this lead single a lot of times is sure and and they do look to you and draw upon you for confidence inner confidence mm-hmm. and a lot of drummers or most of us have the most fragile egos <laughs> on the gear yeah. you know and it's like yeah. you're slowing down oh it ain't me <laughs> your heart that you never sat down and practice with the metronome yeah so you really to me you're taking from that gig you're not adding anything to that gig. you're just when your ego boosted you're not giving yourself 100 percent. and right. so somebody gives yourself 100 people can feel it instantly you know it like oh this motherfucker legit like he don't give it's yeah like that it's something that we're attracted to and people are mesmerized by because yeah. so many live in an age where people don't accept themselves or don't think what they do is cool enough or good enough or you're lucky, man. You 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 know, you, you get the tour and blah blah blah. You can do that too if you want to do that. You know, like we live in an right. age where people are looking for validation and um mm-hmm. I think you and I were talking about the other day, uh, that you know, the easiest person to be is yourself. <laughs> right and like once you get to that once you once you sort of just accept it like hey man this is who i am this is what like i'm not gonna like i know me like i'm not gonna be the guy that sounds like thomas Pridgen, but like i don't want to sound like him as an art pit man that is funny story about thomas i love thomas man. that's my guy so do I, 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 just so we're clear yeah, I, say, I don't want to no no no, so- I'm saying, no i got a story about thomas when he said i want to sound like thomas i i grab it when I first heard about Thomas, uh, I was like, man, I want to meet that guy. And I, long story short, I ended up meeting him through a mutual friend. He just called my phone one day. So I said that to say that, man, if you just met, you can manifest things if you just like, yeah, think about it. And I was like, man, yeah, yeah. I was playing. And I sat down by this kid after soundcheck. He was playing at Mars Volta then in, uh, here in Memphis. And he's like, oh, and he did soundcheck and just a sheer, energy that he was playing i've never seen about that kind of power and it was yeah. like oh i just can hit hard power it was um it was something deeper going on of yeah. a power that it just permutate like you just knew you're in the presence of a bad motherfucker not yeah. chop him up like uh just just owning it yeah and owning it but in a way where it was some real power of maybe on some metaphysical abstract level it yeah. was something because when i sound this kid i always thought i had i could play with some power and i played his drums and i felt like this a kid that didn't know how to hit a drum wow. like it was, it was so humbling i was like 
oh shit, I thought I was playing. I thought I was playing drums. <laughs> All the time. I thought I was playing drums. And I was oh. like, but I see when you see, I was like, oh, he's I'm playing at drums right now. And I after that day, I was like, no, you gotta mean that shit. Like mean everything. And Do you like, think that that's how you get to that sort of that next level metaphysical sort of external kind of thing is just like being so like if there's one thing that Thomas Pridgen is, it, he is authentic all the time, no matter if you're having a conversation with him or he's playing <laughs> or he's walking through Nam, it doesn't matter. Like yeah. he is always Thomas Pridgen and it's he doesn't have to like school. Yeah. What's that? He ain't trying to be too cool for school. You're not going to see him just punching uh, posting a bunch of look at me chop out uh, you know like just for right. like you know you know let's just say real recognize real <laughs> <laughs> and i think that happens amongst it happened to me uh one time at a jam session with victor wooten and it was i think it was at third and when's third and lynch some club down nashville mm -hmm. then rico watson's playing for him at that time and uh I, that was the first time I played with a bass player that or I instantly felt how strong his time was. Right. I knew that he was coming down to help me out. <laughs> it, was, it was so instant, though. It was so. And I as a drummer, we're not used to but the hear it come from. He's like, you can sit in the back. I'll drive. <laughs> yeah, but the hear it come from another instrument. I never I never felt like. It, it was it was so obvious, and I, he was looking, just smiling, and I could not look him in the eye and not acknowledge that it's like you know it's kind of like the beta male, like, but he didn't. But he elevated my point at the same time. It was it didn't. I didn't had he didn't say anything. I, I right. knew when I got home. I was like, oh shit, my time is. Oh, it could be so much stronger. Like, yeah, it's like right. you know, it was so obvious um, the work that I needed to do when I got home. <laughs> I, didn't yep. to, I didn't have to practice. I didn't have to ask him, what do you recommend? Like, he's like, oh, man, I feel this. I feel this. <laughs> Just the and it's also, man, for me, I um, going back to what you said, like uh, getting the, we were talking about the ego out of the way. I learned from my son, I uh, call him my Buddha boy, my Buddha baby. Mm -hmm. um, everybody thinks, uh, you know, he has a kid and he's he he's he's on the drums all the time. And everybody thinks that I've pushed it on him, and I really haven't. Um, early on, when he first could hold sticks, every my boy's gonna play drums. I got a son now, dude. He took the sticks and threw them across the room. Yeah. He he's like no, and I was like, well, I'm trying to show you a paradiddle. I'm trying I'm trying to show him a rudiment. And dude, he got up and left the room. And that was a, a lesson. I sat there and I was like, I was kind of perplexed by what just happened. You know, like I was like, what did I do wrong? What 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 just happened here? Right. And and I thought about it. I was like, he was smiling, having a good time. And then here comes me walking in, and I'm gonna show him a rudiment. How lame is that? You're doing it all wrong. See the and uh, it just instantly wiped the smile off his face. And I'm like, he was having so much fun. And I thought we, I was having fun with him. See, right? The right. Fight. And I was like, I totally missed that he was playing, having fun, because he he never called himself a drummer. He's just, he's in it. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless we call ourselves drummers, comes with a lot of baggage or comparison. And uh, so I'm like, oh, I'm, I got to break. It's a lot of condition that happens. We're professional musicians, but I'm like, man, I got to break that because it, it's taken a lot of the joy out of it over the years for me. And I didn't even realize it. Because yeah. you like, once again, look at my dates, this, and you like, you just become this, you know, the higher gun, you're just working. It's you just cruise power. This is what I do. You have good at it, like, you know, but you forget the play. Yeah. Like, not well, we talked about that the other day about like, you know, choosing the gigs that you want to play. And it's like, yeah. I'd rather make zero dollars and go play down the street with some friends of mine playing music that I love than go making a hundred bucks to play music that I hate, you know, and, and with people that I don't necessarily like. And after a while, like it can suck the joy out of playing. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, I had to address that within myself. I was like, man, okay. If the joy has been sucked out of this, that means that I'm letting some form of external influence dictate my emotion and feeling. And it's right. like kind of playing a, a, a victim of why I sound shitty on this gig or why I'm not giving it 120%. And so like going back to what you said, like just saying, hey, I'm never going to be Steve Jordan or I'm never going to be able to play it. Like really just saying this is who I am. Sometimes, man, you can you can deny it deny it but until you like really just look yourself in the mirror and say okay what is this who am i really what am i gonna be about and it can be ugly sometimes <laughs> you know but yeah. you look in the mirror and say oh fuck, i'm an asshole to my friends like i've been like just a dick like you know like not right. calling people back because i'm i'm busy i'm on the road i'll get back to you when i get it's like oh that's fucked up that's who i've become that mm -hmm. guy so like <laughs> I need to like change that, but I could have self-reflection, man. That's hard. Years, man. I could have went years and letting it slide, and it's scary to think that uh, you know, because people let, as you know, uh, when you're, when you're in the entertainment business, people let you get away with a lot of bullshit. Even family, like, oh, you know, this is what he does. He's he, he's you know busy, or you know. Yeah. And that's like it's not an excuse, man, to like not be a good father, good, good son. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember yep. one point my mom, I said, "Mom, I gotta call you back." And I said, "Mama, I'm sorry. You know, I haven't called you back." She's like, "Oh, it's fine. This is what you do. She's it's no no hard feelings." And I was like, "What?" She was like, "Yeah, I mean, I called you five days ago, but I mean, like, I'm used to it." And I was like. No, like it just hit me a, a certain way. She was yeah. mad, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, like here's and here's <laughs> the here's the what the step that goes like even further from like I guess from like a therapy kind of thing yeah. too, where it's like doesn't make you a bad person, but it does make you a bad son, right? <laughs> and then you're like, "No, wait a minute, I'm a good," and it's like, "Well, no, I mean, and I'm guilty of the same shit, like you know, like." you know like uh, stuff will happen with like my wife and like i'll miss something or whatever and yeah. it's like didn't doesn't make doesn't mean i'm a bad person but it means i'm being a bad husband you know? <laughs> and when you can look in the mirror and say that though then you're like oh shit like that's what you were saying like it gets sometimes it can get ugly but you're like the good news is i can fix it but like damn i've kind of like been a shitty 
friend yeah. or husband or father or, or yeah, and right. not like and not in like a like we're saying it doesn't make you a bad person you might What's not that? be conscious of it you know it might be a total exactly. and that that's another thing tying this into drums <laughs> but recording yourself that that's another thing we talked about feeling mm -hmm. and practicing time that exponentially helps your growth by recording yourself because yep. you think something sounds one way <laughs> and then you see it and nope. it's like oh shit that's all he had this distorted view in my head of what was going on yeah. <laughs> when we started recording ourselves with our band i would like the first couple the first couple times i was like why does my snare drum sound like it's faster than the rest of the music yes yeah it's like well that's how you play I'm like, oh, ah! shit, I don't want to sound like that, you know? And it's like, but you didn't, you didn't know it. And then what was that like for you? Like admitting that, that like, like, I think did it hurt or were you like, were you embarrassed by it? Or did you just like, um, it under the rug for a no, while? I, I hated it. So you just attacked it. Like I, like I listened to the, I, li I would listen to the playback from the, we would, we would record every live show. Right. Uh, and just for two reasons, one to just, you know to catalog it but also because you know we could go back and listen to like a particular tune or something if we felt like it was off but i started taking them and listening to the whole show and every single song first of all like my dynamics i my dynamic range was from like nine and a half to ten <laughs> and that was it and uh and my and my snare drum was just like i was everything was pushed everything was ahead of the beat you know, even on tunes that were like slow tempo tunes, I was yeah. just pushing every, I wasn't, I wasn't rushing, but it was like, I, it was pushing. You feel you weren't, it wasn't how you know, which you, you weren't conveying how you really felt. No. And I was like this, like, this I, don't like <laughs> I don't like how it sounds like it sucks. I couldn't even listen to it because I hated the, I hated the feel of it because I was like, I don't, I would never listen to music that sounds like this because it, feels too it feels too rushed to me and it feels too like too uh like yeah it just feels too rushed man that's that stuff takes time man and that's uh like my son going to hit being the buddha boy him being my i started to approach i didn't like i said man i didn't want to raise a child or raise cattle you don't raise children right right i, I want him to, to i want to cultivate him mm-hmm I just want to have a grandfriend of just water. I don't like, so I, I started that. I said, man, if I'm going to do it to him, if I want to do that, I got to do it to myself. Otherwise, I'm not going to be a fifth teacher or example. So, yeah. okay, I got to cult, I got to grow. <laughs> yeah. So it's important, to, it's supposed to just like this linear. Everything can't be just this linear. Okay, this, this. Okay, got that. This, this, got that. like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. One ten to one twenty to one thirty to one forty. Yeah, yeah. The dynamics that has to be. It has to be something, you know. Yeah. And here's here's the funny thing about the dynamics about you saying about how it takes time to figure this stuff out. So around, uh, so I started playing. I was in my band. I started playing with another band, with which was like an old school blues guitar player, and that like fixed my time really quickly, right? Because everything he was like, "Yo, yo," he was always like, "Lay back, lay back, lay back." And then I finally that came pretty quickly because I learned by doing it a lot and a lot, a lot. The other, but the dynamics thing, 
10 years later, after I realized that my dynamics were loud, I went and had a lesson with Scott Amendola and he was like, dude, you, you play really loud. And I was like, like just in general, he was like, your dynamics are just, everything is really loud. And that was like, not too long ago. That was like four years ago. And I would say to that, and, (laughs) so uh, oh, so what did I do about it? No, yeah, yeah, but I said, is that a problem for you? Dynamics, I'm playing as loud as I can. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Did that bother so, you? Did it bother Did you have a problem with that you play loud, or is it just that you heard it from somebody else that you're playing too loud and made yourself conscious to uh I didn't I didn't realize that I was, but I appreciated the perspective. He wasn't necessarily saying that you that I was playing loud. He was saying that you don't have a lot of dynamic range. Mm-hmm. Like your, your range is from like nine to 10. Mm-hmm. That's it. So there's nothing in the, in like one to nine, you have nothing there. Yeah. So, um, so I hit the shed, man. And everything I practiced, I put my phone right next to me mm-hmm. and recorded it. And I was like, I don't want this to clip. And that's how I practiced. And then, and so now, like, I have, I feel like my dynamic range is a lot bigger. So now, if I need to, I can play, I can play a lot quieter, but also like play up tempo. I can play low, slow tempo and still keep my dynamics lower. Like, playing, you know, playing slow and quiet is hard, man. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, uh, takes so, so many different body mechanics that get mm-hmm. exposed. I think a lot of times for drummers, we never hear a guitar player used as another guitar player. So at the gig, he can go out in front of the house and hear, get a good sound from drummers. We never get that. Unless you got a tech. You right. never hear your drums until like, and I think a lot of drummers don't know, you don't know. You know, it's like if they went out in the front of the house and heard the snare drum, oh shit, I thought it sounded, oh, let me change it right quick. Yeah. And all the sound from us is going away from us. We don't have anything behind us to let us hear what's going on either. Yeah. And I think that's like you said, recording yourself. That's why I think it's important to record just everything so you can um, hear realistically what's going on. Yeah. And and man, I've been I've been told I play uh too loud or loud. I I know it, but for me, I'm like, okay, I ain't never cracked a cymbal. I keep a pair of sticks for six months. Mm Mm-hmm. But I would argue like when watching videos of you play, yeah, you play loud, but you have dynamic or like you, you have the ability, like I didn't have the skill set to play quiet. Yeah. You know, like going back to something about sticks early, like I think mm-hmm. everybody's body is like, dude, when I saw Dennis, you see Dennis play in person. Mm-hmm. I saw him with Victor Wooten. Actually, you brought up Victor Wooten. He's like this powerhouse on record. He has power in person too. But when you see his sticks, you might sit into sticks like how the hell is he getting that sound like that? Uh, Little bitty sticks. And then when I finally saw him at clinic years ago at the drum shop in person, I was like, oh, he's a, a big guy. Not like big. He's just like his natural. If he just laid his hand down on the stair drum, it's going to crack. This is yeah. density. And it's like Bernard Purdy kind of reminds me of the same. Like he, I felt like he was always a real powerful guy. Like the way he would hit the cymbals and like and, and go around the kit. Yeah, and it's like it's not he's it's not even he's not even bang it's like it's just his weight of his hands whatever it is it's mm-hmm. the way his body is it it, it it produces that sound you know some people like for me 
boom, I just lay my hands down or like hit the kick. It's a lot of times it's like it's way louder than I know. Uh, Whoa, dude, why are you hitting it so hard? I'm like, I didn't know that. I just put my hands down. <laughs> I just looked at it. What do we my mom used to call me uh, Bamba. She just called now. It's my mom. <laughs> oh, wow. Put her on speaker. Let's talk to her. <laughs> oh, she would say, they used to call me Bam Bam, dude. <laughs> said Bam Bam. It's like I'll grow up. I, I, still to this day, I tear things up without trying, like, kind of don't know your own strength type thing. Like, yeah. Holes in the wall accidentally. Right. I actually have a whole. In the wall now back here that I, my wife's like, what the hell, dude? That's like, I just opened it. She's like, but there's a spring stopper right there. Stop it. <laughs> How did you do that? And I was like, I honestly, I just opened the, <laughs> the door. Dude, I had a car window shatter before. Um, back window, I had a Nissan. My back window shattered. I just closed my, closed the, you know, the, the trunk down and it, it shattered one day and it perplexed me. Like I said, I caused this trunk a million times. I thought somebody made a shot. I was looking for a bullet hole or something. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think some people like the, the body mechanics have a lot to do how loud you play and what. Yeah. And I think sometimes drummers, uh, the only thing I have against being loud is that is protecting the hearing. But yeah. it's kind of healthy sometimes just to. Bang. I think that's why the cats are so fun. You just can kind of get that get that out of your system at the sheds. Yep. But um, that dynamic range, yeah, you, it is important though. You, mm-hmm. it, oh, by the way, I meant to tell you, man, your album sounded great. The other one you sent me. Um, Thank you, man. Uh, my favorite tune was um, we're gonna get uh, get high tonight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not me playing drums. That's not me on that record. Who was that on that one. No, that's Glenn Farrakone on that record. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's, but Jeremy, you sent me your album too. I just want to say for everybody else, check out Nick's album. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I'll send you your check in the mail. Grits <laughs> is killer. Um, yeah, man. So that record, uh, my record, uh, was recorded at Glenn Farrakone at Glenn Farrakone Studio on that and we were talking about the drum set and i was like oh it's the same drum set that was recorded on this record which is the de francesco brothers record uh same studio same record or same drum set and all that kind of stuff and he was he was really like he was my mentor they you know they introduced me to the francesco's and all that kind of stuff and convinced yeah. me to start my own band and like and he's been he's he's been doing it for a hundred years like played with johnny cash for a while like i mean he's played with de francesco's for forever and everything that guy taught me a lot taught me a lot man like i i owe a lot to him and and johnny and joey and all those guys like like that was my that was my master's degree in music for sure yeah, yeah. I, think we, I, I think we get those in life that uh i think you get those when you need them like you you when you're sincere not always believed in this man since i started playing i, I sat down made a conscious decision to pray when I want to do this, like for you know, living like mm-hmm. out of college, and I was like, God, I'm, I want to do this, and I'm like, I don't know if I make a ton of money, if I make any money. I know the factory ain't for me, right? You know, I, you know, I was like, I want yeah. to do this, and I'm gonna have faith that I can, it can work out. You know, make a living doing it. But uh, it took like in return, <laughs> you got to trust the process. 
of like yep. this going and I always kind of approach gigs or anything like dude, don't I always I don't like to try really hard at things <laughs> in the sense that I like to force things like right if it's for me it's gonna be for me it's gonna come this way and uh if you love it just do it with love and let everything else work itself out you know and um just enjoy the ride of it all man mm -hmm. like, you know, just enjoy yep. like and that's why I, more than ever i want to preach to people man just like hey just don't take it too seriously and lose the fun of it like yep live, live with it live. i think that's there's an important distinction of of you have to work hard at it but it, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be hard work. So what, the, it's like, wait a minute, what did you just say? But like my wife and I always talk about it, like with people with relationships, right? Like, or being married, right? Being married is a, is work. It's hard work, right? And you got to constantly work at it, but it shouldn't be so hard to where it feels like it's a grind every day. Right. Right. And it's like, if, if, you, if you, of, yeah, yeah, it, it needs like constant maintenance though, but like it shouldn't, every day shouldn't feel like you're going to war. Yeah. You know? And I think that, and I agree with you, if you, if you feel like the thing that you're doing, like it's so, it's just so hard and it feels like it's like sucking the life out of you. And it's like, you're dreading it every day to go through this. Like maybe you're on the wrong path and maybe you should <laughs> change your path a little bit. And you know? fighting something, um, like get, going back to getting the ego out of it, like it happens on, you see it on bad stands, you see it in relationships. Like I, I've been married a little over three years now, and I used to mm -hmm. hear marriages work marriage, and so I never thought in a million years I would, would be married. Never had a desire to get married, <laughs> and so when I when I found myself in a position, you think that okay, we're married now, we're good. Like that's locked in. No, it's next. It's like oh, I have to cultivate. Like you said, you have to manage. That's when the work starts. Yeah, that's when the work starts, and and more so. Uh, I said, oh, she's my mirror. She's yep. my mirror. Uh, some, I guess, same thing with on the bandstand. Like, it's like the attitude, like, you know what I mean? People being attuned to another human being, mm -hmm. whether it's music or a marriage, it's, uh, you gotta pay, it needs work. You, you know, like, you can't just, you can't just ride by, I'm good. Hope you got yep. yours. Uh, I did my work like dude. Doesn't, that, doesn't work that way. <laughs> doesn't work no. that way, man. Nope. Let me ask not you at all. Random question. If all you right. play one song, the last song your your entire life, you have to play one song. And this is the last song, what would it be? Uh one that's gonna be like recorded and that's my legacy that everyone hears, or just one song to play? Yeah, last song before you Fall into your grave. <laughs> uh, I probably have to be a really long song. <laughs> uh, be like Moby Dick or something. I don't know. Uh, I would probably. Uh, you know what? I would probably play uh, "Ants Marching" by Dave Matthews Band. Reason being because when when i was like i you and i were talking off right off the off record about uh or off the air about carter beaufort and how like we watched his dvd or vhs at the time like so many times and Everything he knows yeah and i always say that like he taught me how to play drums because i just i i learned every single day matthew song and i um and 
like you know watch that VHS and all that kind of stuff. And every anytime I hear a Dave Matthews song, it just reminds me how much I love drums because during that time, I was like really discovering drums and music and just like my I didn't realize you could love doing something this much Mm -hmm. and so like anytime I hear a Dave Matthews song it always reminds me like oh remember why you started this wow because you love this so much and like and I because I was a teenager and I was just like it was it like I had blinders I didn't give a shit about anything else I was like I people be like hey do you want to come to parties I'm like no man I'm staying home and practicing yeah like it just meant it meant everything to me and like as we get older and and there's business associated with it and you know your marriage your finances there's all this other these all these other things sometimes we lose sight of the love of it and so every time i hear a dave matthews song i'm like oh yeah remember you do love this thing so much and and it's that important to you wow that's a long answer to a short question thank you for sharing it man that's 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 super cool what about you last song um Naima. Yeah? Yeah. Some of that song, man. I don't know. That melody hunts me. Dude, I had I had a um I told George about this maybe two years ago, dude. People uh, were completely sober the night before, went to bed. Promise you I had a dream of Elvin. <laughs> and it I can it, it was so profound to me that I I can you don't typically remember dreams. This mm-hmm. dream here was it. I is I could is I remember every detail about it. And in this dream, he was he was playing these um he was playing the solo, and and it was like just a tornado almost. There were dancers, it's almost like African tribal dance going on, and um, I was like. I had this bird's eye view of him playing, and it was like it's just really kind of psychedelic dream. But at one point in the dream, he gets up and leaves the kit, and um, and I was like, "Oh, his drums are right. They get to play Elvin's drums." Wow! And then I got on the kit, and I start to like to try to emulate. Like I was like. Oh, like you know how like a little kid trying to mimic him, but I was half fast kind of doing right. that, kinda, like it all the starstruck kind of, and like he like I see him out of my right side, and he looks pissed. And, um, <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, and um, I thought he was pissed because I was on the drums, and he like he comes up, then he just hits me, like puts his finger on my head, say just play. And I woke up instantly, dude. Instant. And wow. It was, I can't. Ah, shit. I'm about to cry talking about it, man. Fuck. Wow. Man. Shit. It was heavy, dude. It was. How it, did that? How did that change your perspective moving forward? Um, shit, man. Um, man, guys, a whole bunch of bad drum. I'm not not making this into a therapy session, but I had a, my my younger brother do was murdered. It's about five years ago. My little brother and uh, sorry to hear that, dude. Man. We always, you know, 
we would always talk about, man, you're just gonna make this, we're gonna live together, we're gonna, you're gonna make it rich, be touring the world, and you know, we're gonna, you're gonna be living in a mansion, you know. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. You know, like we talk about these things, like, you know, um, can't wait. You know, you're gonna be famous. I never start to play to be famous, but when they start, you know, you start to get local buzz with it, like, if, you know, you know, you start, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even you start listening to outside sources that you didn't initially start from, anyway. And do the have that rub point, like, oh, that. And I toured six when he was still living, but there's never uh, a moment when it's going to be perfect. And after he left through that, that dream, I don't know what it did, but it was it was like keep just play, like yeah, through the, that pain, through whatever play. And it's like it's like don't try to be me, don't try to. You got something, everybody has something that you got to search for. That's the whole point. You got to find it. And it's no other way. You just got to play and discover. Have fun with it. Don't take it too seriously. But it is, if you really want to see how far the rabbit hole goes, it it goes that deep. Because in that dream, I saw these colors, the rhythms weren't even rhythms anymore. And the, the way it was intertwined with the dancers and their emotions it was like um that role of the throne it was like it was just a shaman it just that dream was just so um i never done dmt but i get that from the <laughs> scene a <of> dmt <laughs> i was like yeah shit, it, it when i saw like people describing i seen like you know the videos i was like yeah that's it yeah it was kind of like that wow <laughs> and um to know, um, I'll tell you one thing I started to do for like a week straight. Uh, I was compelled to just play my ride symbol. I set up my ride symbol in my room. Just a ride thrown. And uh, I played that motherfucker every day for no less than two hours. Nothing. Nothing else. Nothing else. Not, no hi-hat set up. Nothing. It was literally just a ride symbol in the center of the room. My seat. I'll turn the lights out and just play no particular rhythm. Just playing, just play. And wow. It just created this. It go that rabbit hole goes deep. I said, like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. you can achieve these states of those meditative states through this. It's, it's more than just making people shake their ass. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's deeper than just can you play the funky drummer groove with great feel. It's, it's, it's so much deeper than that. Yep. It's yep. much deeper than that. And I, that, that dream just hit, man, like I said, it, it, I can't forget it. It's, it's just put me on a thing where I honestly didn't give a fuck anymore about <laughs> trying to sound like anybody uh, or um, putting people on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, that drum is so great, man. I'd never be that. I was like, not that I, uh, arrogant thing, like he ain't shit. Not that type of way. But it's like he's human. That's his path. Cool. But this is right. Not, I got. I can't live his life. Can't, I can't even do it for my wife or my son. You know, like that's my job to do that work. Like nobody else got that dream but me that day. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. Man, I explain it. But I don't think I could. I don't, and I, I don't do the best at verbalizing it. But 
when I sit down and kick and play, play how I feel from that drink, it's gonna be there. That's all I can show you. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's gonna be players. it's gonna be you, not someone else coming through you, and right? Some players you have to everything will translate on YouTube. There's nothing from Thomas that I got. Some people you have to feel and their presence of uh, their playing. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, you can see great drum. You know, like some drummers, you see them, they're great. But then, like, there's some that you see in person, like, oh amazing. Okay, it's good. I can, it feels like a little more human. And then there's some people you see playing, it's like, oh shit, I get it. That's why. Right. <laughs> right, 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 right. Different. You know what I mean? And and no, like I said, like, oh okay. That's what. Like some people, you have to. You had to see them to feel them. Like you can, you're not gonna get it from a record. You can, but yep. you have to be there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I I agree, man. I think we're we're living too much in in YouTube and Instagram. I mean, YouTube and Instagram is great. Don't get me wrong, but like, you know, years ago you had to. And I'm not even trying to sound like this curmudgeonly old guy, but like, if you wanted to see Dennis Chambers, you had to go to a show if you wanted to see who you know anyone you had to go to a show and watch them play and i think there's a lot less of that going on where it's like oh, i could just catch it on youtube and it's like you're not there's a whole other element of what you're missing by not seeing it live and in person right and it's that's a um i think man it's at more it's at risk more than ever <laughs> with the quarantine yeah. and the shutting down and i'm a i, I was Initially, I'm not a person to worry about a lot of things, but I start to get a little worried, not for me, but for like my son and like the future of, uh, not to sound sappy, but of humanity when you take that away because we're not designed to be in a we're not like that. We're not designed for quarantine and and antisocial and, yeah. and all, like we're community people. Like that's... You think you take musicians or it'll get more tribal and community oriented than drums yeah <laughs> this is yep. to me and i think man i hate you're going to see a lot of depression go up in these next years like i think it's happened already man it's happened, i think that you think it's hard for me like i'm a social guy i love getting out and talking to people and hanging out and i'm like just every day just like sitting in my house day in and day out you're like Man, I want to. I need to be around. I get energized by being around groups of people and and yeah. playing live and all that. You know, and me too. And I, I and that's what that leads me to. I think like maybe just just maybe just it's time to pay it forward and find someone to energize those that are that are closest to you instead of yeah. like drawing. Because I know like I I feed off that. But it's like, man, how can I be that? that beacon for somebody else to yeah. get what they need from because we are you know we're on stage like we you know for us like the more people on the floor we're gonna we, we yeah that's our life source but it's like okay we're taking taking take but can, like maybe we can flip the script <laughs> and, and, and pay it forward a little bit right now how to go about that definitely is uh one way which i told you that when we talked the podcast is mm-hmm. been so helpful to me and i man, I thank you for starting this podcast is this man i i appreciate uh, it it's pulled me out of some um very dark moments man to just uh 
even though it you know it was the funniest thing about it is that early on listening to your podcast, I listened to every episode. Not to, I'm not trying to flatter you, but I literally have, that blows my mind. I literally have heard every episode. I just yeah, say play, 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 and a lot of them I've listened to multiple times. Uh, it it felt good to like hear. A, uh, somebody talk about something other than paradiddles of yeah. real shit and lie that so happens to be a drummer too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, that and that's always been the goal. It's like there's plenty of places where you can find stuff about gear and paradiddles and stuff, but like let's talk about all the things that we that we go through in our lives as drummers, and we can all relate because all the guests are drummers, and and like we all deal with this stuff, you know, whether it be like you know we talked about like imposter syndrome or or, uh, you know, fear of failure, or, you know, there's the financial side, and then there's the comparison side, and then there's the ego, and then there's the this, and then there's the that, and external pressure, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's a tough road if you don't have a community around you. Chris, uh, let me throw this totally. Uh, Chris Coleman, mm-hmm. meeting him uh, also, he was, I think he had a grandmother that lived, that was sick in Memphis, and I ended up meeting him at, uh, I did the drum house for years, man. That right. the those for year after year when up so this when I met a lot of guys like Eric Moore and and I think um you know I, I met a lot of the you know everybody knows the who's who through those ranks of yeah. over the years and had those relationships. But Chris Coleman was one that um that stuck out because he it was something a little different about Chris and I I just, um, you know, we had sheds. There are videos of, there's a video floating around of me, Chris Coleman, Stanley Randolph, um, Charles Streeter is playing now, and um, all of us like in the in the living room with all our kicks before anybody, right. any kind of get. <laughs> and it's funny. <laughs> and uh, Chris Coleman, I remember one day we, we, we were doing that shed, and Chris Coleman was like, all right, guys, uh, we shed it for hours. Now what? And like he he's like pulls out a Bible, and I was like, I don't ever forget that dude. Uh, hmm. That he started. I just pretty much had Bible study after drum shit. Wow, so heavy. That, he's such a like Chris is just an amazing human being, man. Good dude, man. And he's uh, that's uh, nah, way his mind works, man. And everybody yeah. everybody sees the chops and the proficiency of Chris, but it's a it's a uh it's a method to his madness it's not bad he chris is one of those guys that even if he didn't play drums he'll probably end up like running a fortune 500 company or something like right that. he's right. one of those and he's also a guy that people like you see him do the kids some new kids on the block or do back and then just it like say uh, you know um i did that playing my artist like and went teaching. He started te- and then like he been an effective teacher, kind of like the be honest, he brought, in my opinion, he brought minor to life again. Yeah. In in the US, at least in my my neck of the woods. Like mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily even cool to play until I like saw what Chris was doing with him and like the sounds and they and Benny Grab too. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like and and, and it it was something that we hadn't seen in a while of a drum teacher, like it felt like 
Chris feels like the last of the dying breed of Hudson music or something. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like I yeah. feel like he's like he should do a VHS just for novelty. He should. Um, he should. It's the, the craziest thing about Chris is that like he had to sort of like get talked into doing this as a career. You know, he was a he was a he was a prison guard. Yeah, I know. And, and, and someone was like, the dude that he worked with was like, dude, like you don't belong here, man. Like you need to be, you need to be out playing. And he, he finally like went and pursued it. Yeah, man, that's crazy. He, he's a heavy dude, man. He's real. Yeah. And uh, he, he definitely, uh, my interactions with him definitely uh, helped me along with the spiritual side of because you know you come up in church, churches. Yeah, let's be honest. It's 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 a, a lot of times a bitch show. Especially, yeah. Oh yeah. Especially amongst musicians, it's like who got the baddest arrangement. Yes, it's and it's like it's no different than going to see Jay Z. Uh, when the pastor <laughs> comes in at the end and talks about prosperity, right. and uh, you tip the pastor and Jesus, and then you leave. <laughs> and and yep. like that's um, man, there's so much more to that. You know, mm -hmm. it's like it's. And you can have both. I remember Chris, like, you can't do the drunk thing, play in, at the church and still have a certain amount of uh, spirituality. You can teach it. it. Chris made it palatable to drummers other than just, like, gospel chop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I, he, he showed di different spiritual sides to, in, like, a system which, to me, uh, showed me, like, his ABCs, like, how to organize my mind and thought, mm -hmm. like, that, that ABC his method definitely it's like oh yeah i like that that's like he that helped a lot that helped me a lot benny grips system helped too yeah the uh language of drumming yeah language of drumming uh ben i was a little late to benny mm -hmm. you know you know how it is with some, i'm the type of guy if everybody says you gotta check this guy out i'm the asshole i'm not gonna do it just because you told me to uh right right <laughs> you know what i mean like everybody's like yeah to eat at this restaurant, they had the best piece. I'm like, yeah, yeah. like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm not gonna, <laughs> and right. I won't go. His, his art and science of groove is, is oh, insane, too. Yeah, so everybody's like, man, you gotta check this guy, yeah, you gotta, gotcha. And I was like, okay, okay, it's new kid on the block. Everybody's, and then I walked into the drum shop one day, and I was like, who's that? Like, That's the guy, then he goes, oh, oh, shit. I was like, oh. yeah, the his drums always sound like a million bucks, always. <laughs> Dude, how about sonar, man? Like those drums always sound. Chris called me with the sonar too, man. I was like, you don't see that, like that. Yeah. The way he played with JoJo too, but JoJo always played sonar. Mm -hmm. but, um, mm -hmm. Chris was like a, a new face of sonar that people. Oh shit, these drums like they always sounded good, but I don't think they always sounded good. The market for it here. Sonar Sonar's almost felt like like we were talking about. I mean, they they actually sponsored the podcast, and I, my record was shout out to Sonar. <laughs> yeah, what's up, Sonar? Thank you. Uh, but so, like, I recorded my record on Sonar. I play DW and I play Sonar, so I I kind of like flip flop back and forth between the two. Um, sonar always felt to me like they were they're more of like a finely tuned instrument where like they have to be played well there's not a lot of i don't want to say there's not a lot of room for error because that makes it that makes them sound like you know they're not a versatile drum but like they have they got to be played right they have to be you know and if they don't i think that like if you're up there hacking around on some sonars there may be 
you know, you may not sound as good. Yeah, I was, um, it, I know the, the um, newer stuff, my buddy My- Myron Howe, country drummer for he's from Memphis. Play he's been out with Jake Owen for like the last twelve years. I think he was probably him, Hubert, uh, Marcus Finney, like one of the, the the early crew of black drummers in Nashville doing country. He was one. Right. Of, he was doing that for a long time now. You know, uh, he's playing sonar and did their new stuff. Just sounds. It sounds like they almost just said, you know what. Screw it with the low line stuff. We're just going to do all high end, which is great. It sounds yeah. great. I, did they make a conscious effort to just like just cut out the middle of the road? Like, hey, we're just high end kits. Uh, I mean, they have some that are like a little bit more, you know, affordable, but most of them, most of the stuff's expensive, man. Yeah, I was wondering what yeah. like a conscious decision of the. Um, oh, I don't know. I oh, okay. They don't include me in those decisions. Yeah, come on, <laughs> really? Come on, dude. <laughs> I, I really I have no idea. I don't know. They wouldn't trust me with that information. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this, man. How important is your? Is, are you a gearhead or like how important is like to have your? Are you the cat that has to have my cymbals, my pedal, my snare to do my thing? Or like- I'll tell you how important gear is to me. Every time I order new heads, I have to look at the receipt of the last heads that I bought to know what size I need. <laughs> That's how much I care about gear. I, I couldn't care less about gear. Uh, I, I put the dates uh, when I buy new ones. Like on the drum head, I like. Yeah, I used to. Yeah, I used to do that too. Like I just for some reason like gear. Like it doesn't this I don't mean it to sound bad, but like it I, I it just doesn't work for me. Like it doesn't it doesn't resonate with me. So like we would go to like NAM or like go into a drum shop or something, and I'm like, I would walk around and I'm like, I'd like touch a symbol and I'm like, oh cool, and I'm like ting ting ting. I'm like, I don't know what to do here. I don't know. Yeah, what, I don't know like, my hands, Ricky Bobby. I don't it's exactly what it is. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't like I don't know what I'm trying to see. I just I know what I want, what sounds I want. So I'll talk to my people who work at the companies and I'm like, Hey, this is the vibe I'm looking for. And they'll be like, Oh, you should get this thing. And I'm like, okay. And I take notes and then like I call, and then I order that thing. So like, I'm not a, I'm not a gear guy. I have particular, like I want particular heads or I want particular, you know, sticks, but like just because I need, you know, I can't play with like a two B or something. But other than that, I don't like pedal. I'm like, whatever. Does it kick? Does it hit the bass drum? That works for me. You know, like, yeah, I'm not that, I'm not particular at all. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, you know, like how, how much of that going back to what we were talking about, uh, the sound and the feel of guys, you know, like half the, I want to say half the battle, but a lot of what I found for myself, I'll speak for myself. Like, uh, the, the, the gear, like you ever play the groove and it's like man hey feeling right i'm playing all the right notes and it's you can't quite figure it out and it's like oh it's it's the sticks or maybe it's this and you keep i think half the battle of that feel is like the gear is like yeah almost 50 percent of it <laughs> because that from what i found is certain ways that I'll, I'll play instantly because, like, if you're trying to play the funky drummer. I, I used to try to do that like everybody else, but I'll, I'll play 1As, which are big sticks. Mm-hmm. And um, 
and I've been playing 16 inch hats forever. My man, Funky Drummer. But yeah, it doesn't work on Funky Drummer. I, I'm a little slow. I never <laughs> figure out why it ain't working. I'm playing all the right notes, and I'm like everything. It's you know the, I'm happy with something that intangible, and then I'm like, okay, I got some smaller sticks one day, smaller hats. I got the you know the gear change and it's like oh there it is there it is and it was like that was the vibe i was going right right <laughs> and um i think with phil like, half of it is the the gear you're playing that's why i think that feel is so personal because it was suck to have to change all your gear every time you play a different you know what i mean like, right right and yeah and i think that like if you if you're trying to play something style specific, like if you're playing, if you're on a bebop gig, you can't have like a 24 inch bass drum and like, you know, and like rock toms and, and like Zill or like Sabian B8 cymbals. You know what I mean? So I, I agree. Gear is important for, for sonic qualities. But I think a lot of times people are like, I would sound better if I had the, and I'm like, it's not the gear. It's what you do with the gear. That's what I think. Yeah. And even if you don't have the gear out this uh, before, I'll almost say, I might, I might go back on the statement, but I will almost say start there first. I know people say yeah. promote the records, but now with, with YouTube and you can see what these guys are playing, and you had that luxury of knowing, okay, this, oh, that was a five and a five swing on, and he used on that with a coded ambassador with with duct tape or a towel on it because duct tape and the towel sound two different ways. And uh, yeah. okay, what size sticks was he playing? Like, just to get, I just think actually you should start there. Like, what is yeah. the plan? What's, what's, At least get in the neighborhood, right? Right, you get there. Like you're, you're there. Have all right. Now you get the notes, and if you're listening, you're gonna get it. But I think to do it the other way around, which is typically, I'm just gonna play and try to get good feel on what I got here, and I want that. To me, seems a little backwards. I agree. The, I agree. You're, you're doubling back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, no, I I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I, I I guess my point was that like we get. I think a lot of times we get so caught up in gear. I think that is man. To, well, one of two. I I think it's different for different people. I think for, are like, I think if someone's a gearhead, like I feel like you're kind of a gearhead, right? Oh, but oh, man, uh, 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 oh. no, not real. So well, let me let me answer the question and then you know what I am about certain things, right? I'm a gearhead about stupid stuff like uh, clamps right. bother me. Like certain clamps, I get excited about like <laughs> bass drum right. spurs. Like if there's a new invention on a bass drum spur, I'm like oh look at that! Like, you just put, like I'm more of a tactile person. Things that are oh, yeah. oh the release, the quick release on the those, but you know the. Drums, nah. Give me my cymbals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think here's here's my thing about gear. Like, so my buddy Dylan is a session dr- or studio guy. He does a ton of remote sessions, right? Mm-hmm. He's a huge gear guy. Lo- like, knows what kind of strainers are on this kind. I mean, he's like a huge gear guy, right? But that's his gig. Like, people call him and they're like, "We want you to recreate this thing from 1974 to sound like this." And he's like, "Oh, I know what I need. I need this snare drum. I need these cymbals. I need this and this." Right. So I think that's one side of it where it's sort of like a, it's it's either part of your it's part of your job or you just really like gear. The other side of it. Thank God for those guys. 
Exactly. Cause that shit is wet. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, like if someone was like recreate this thing, I'd be like, I would, I wouldn't even know where to start. But so, but the other side, I think a lot of times we use gear as a form of procrastination or excuse. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where it's like, I need like, I'm, and I'm guilty of it too. I was like, I'm going to start a blog. Right. And I was like, Oh, I need a new camera. So let me go out and buy a new camera and do this and do that. And it's like, why don't you record one video with your phone or record 10 videos? And if you could do that, then go buy the camera. Right. And I think a lot of people think that like, if I had a better kit, I would practice more. Or if I like, I would sound better if I had different symbols or whatever. And it's like, it's, it's a crutch. How about I think. I, I'll, I'll save some money, but I need a, I'll, I'll get to, I need a calendar first. Then I get more organized. You know what? Yep. I need a, no, nah, I need to download that app. Yeah, I got, yep. oh, no, nah, let me get the order this Dave Ramsey uh, case. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Hold on. Let me uh, open up another bank account and then use this. <laughs> It's like what we talked about with practicing. Like, <laughs> oh, you know what? Let me get a. I want to get a notebook, and I want to get this thing set up. Let me write out exactly what my practice. I'll start next. I'll start on Monday because I'm going to plan that what this thing is going to be, and then let me get this right, and let me get this thing right. And it's just like that's that's procrastination. You're just avoiding the work. Nick, the the anxiety I felt about doing this podcast over the the the. I was like, I, I was, I was, I, I promise you, I was like, man, you know what? I gotta call Nick back and say I can't do it, man. I don't got the right. What? I, I, my camera sucks, man. This uh, like <laughs> this is all the chatter in my mind, and, and it's like that. What do they call it? What's that book? The art of um, the art. Is it the, the art of war? Where he talks about no. resistance. The war of art. The war of art, and it talks about there's everybody goes through this resistance. Resistance. Yeah. I, I yep. thought I was the only one that, and I was like, oh, okay, this is. This is what this is. I was like, oh man, my camera is shit. I gotta get a new camera first. Oh, uh, no, I, I gotta get this on my back. Like, I gotta order a ring light. It's not gonna be here to net me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I can't do the podcast without a ring light. Because this I'm so glad you didn't wait to order a ring light. I would have been so bad. Right? <laughs> so I need one of those first. Then it's gonna look, you know, like all these things started to come out. Like, you know, my favorite thing about that War of Art book, uh, is at the end when he says, okay, like you finally made it, like you've achieved your goal. You wrote your book, right? Yeah. What do you do next? He's like, start working on your next book. <laughs> you know, it's like, you're all right, you're done. It's like, start again. That's a great book for anyone. It's called, it's called the war of art. Yes. It's a great one, man. It's a really good book. Really good book. Um, Dude. Yes. I enjoyed this, man. I could talk to you for, I mean, we have like in the last three days, I think we've talked on the phone for four hours. So I love this. Yeah, I, I love that. I said, man, um, <laughs> I told my wife when we talked the other day, uh, I talked to Nick, you know, told her about the podcast and, and I said, you know, how'd it go? I said, I think I made a new friend. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's the best part of this podcast. Yeah, it felt like, it, it felt, so I was like, I think we're friends now. I think I we are friends. Three hours. <laughs> I was like, after we were on the phone, I was like texting you, and I'm like, man, I just like took up an hour and a half of this dude's time. I'm like, now he's text. Now I'm texting. He's probably like, this dude's never gonna go away. <laughs> yeah, and I've got to say, what I was like, oh, I should text him. No, he's. I just wait. I'll just wait. Like, I said, what's going on here? Like, like we're dating. <laughs> 
Well, dude, where where can people uh where can people follow you along? Where's the best place? Man, um definitely those uh, my symbol.com videos do a lot of mm-hmm. Istanbul. Everybody play Istanbul symbols. That's uh I'm doing those product demos for Istanbul on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Instagram uh Pee Wee Drums, uh Twitter, Pee Wee Tweets. <laughs> it's my, I like it. Uh, Facebook, Pee Wee Jackson, Clifford, Pee Wee Jackson. Um, I'm not a huge, I'm not on there a whole lot. Uh, mm. but I do, you know, like the drum shop stuff. I do pretty, uh, every week. And those videos are killing. So, and I'll, what I'll do is in the show notes, I'll link up to all this stuff. Everybody, the listeners know, and you know, like, uh, create show notes for everything. So yeah, that'll all be up there. Plan, you know, there's no, uh, no agenda I'm trying to, you know, let the symbols let people see how great they sound and i'm like it's keeping me playing in front of some form of a camera during this shutdown of the world right <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i like it but, uh, yeah. dude well thank you man i appreciate you taking all the time to chat for sure um i hope that you stay safe you say well and uh just keep keep doing what you're doing keep putting out that that energy and keep manifesting all these great things in your life that you deserve Oh, thank you. I appreciate that, brother. Thank you for that. Of course, man. Thank you so much, man. I love it. My pleasure. It's a great thing. It's people need it. It's good work you're doing, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. All right, BFF. All right, man. All right, brother. (laughs) I will talk to you soon. All right, brother. Peace. All right. There you have it, the one and only Mr. Cliff Pee Wee Jackson. And you know you can find the show notes by going to drummersresource.com forward slash session 596. Also, if you want to hear particular people or particular things, topics and things like that talked about on the podcast, shoot me an email. I'm at nick at drummersresource.com. I always like hearing from people. I always respond to everyone. And I just, I love conversing with people. So, and it, a lot of times this feels like a one-way conversation. And if you leave a rating or a review, I can't respond to the rating or review. So it's really nice to just hear from people one-on-one. So shoot me an email. I'm at nick at drummersresource.com. I'd love to hear from you. And other than that, that's all I got. So until the next podcast, keep drumming. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll be talking to you soon. Peace. Drummer's Resource is produced by Revoice Media. Executive producer Nick Ruffini, that's me. Edited by Justin Thomas. Video editing by Tomas Shannon. And graphic design by Catherine Wade. For more music and entertainment podcasts, be sure to check out revoicemedia.com.